0: THE DIGITAL SOCIAL CONTRACT by Jeremy Katz, Robert John Davis, Alta Sparling, and Bing Chen. Another red paper from Ogilvy. Read by David Bateson. CHAPTER One: INTRODUCTION The social order is a sacred right which is the basis of all other rights. Nevertheless, this right does not come from nature, and must therefore be founded on conventions. Quote, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, The Social Contract. The voiceover is there from the beginning. So are the screen presence and the inborn mastery. They, the voice, the face, the talent, burn through the inattentive lighting, the bare-bones supers, and the too-sharp background music. You can tell, even if you're not in the target demo, even if you have little interest in makeup, and even less in making yourself look like Lady Gaga. You can tell that Michelle Phan is going to be a star. You can tell that her fans know she already is. BuzzFeed picked up Michelle's 2009 Poker Face makeup tutorial, and that's the share heard around the world. But the world that mattered to Michelle didn't need BuzzFeed to tell them she was something special. The kids in that crowd knew that back in 2003, when she launched her first makeup tutorial at age 16, they, and there were more of them every day, didn't care about production values. They saw someone relatable, someone who cared about the same things they did, someone who could show them things that interested them. They saw themselves. 12 years later, Michelle Phan has become one of the most influential women in the world her reach extends beyond her online videos to a multi-channel network, two product lines, and a philanthropic initiative. And they? Who are they? They are Michelle's millions of fans, or as Michelle calls them, her family, and the millions more who follow the other Apex online video creators. They are millennials and Generation Z, or centennials. At least, most of them are. They are the mobile generation. They traverse information, social relationships, professional occupations faster and more regularly than any generation before them. They have forged new digital pathways that have changed the way individuals interact with each other. And they are your customers. They are also the authors of a new social contract forged in partnership with the content creators they love that has more in common with Jean-Jacques Rousseau's original definition and the conventions he laid out in his influential The Social Contract than anything else. If we want to earn their sustained attention and their commercial affection, we had better listen. This story has a timeless quality to it talented star in the making finds a new audience and carefully cultivates a following using the latest communications wonder of the day to achieve global success. With every new medium, a new type of media and audience structure emerges to exploit it. That's happening right now, but the dust is far from settled, particularly with regard to the commercial structures that surround the digital world. We're in the same moment of the digital age as we were back in the analogue era when Geritol was sponsoring evening television shows or when cable companies all over the US were deluged with teens calling to say, I want my MTV. Or go back even further. We're standing in the Wittenberg churchyard watching Martin Luther nail his 95 theses to the door. In moments like these, Society shifts and resets rules, individual, familial, and social, to operate in a new world. We now have communities centered on desire, taste, circumstance, tragedy, knowledge, and any other shareable experience. These communities are fluid. Like soap bubbles, they form pop and merge, depending on a multitude of factors, both visible and invisible. This is all well known. What is also known, but less understood, is that this set of phenomena has changed the rules of social behavior in the online and offline worlds. We still have the same needs and wants, by and large, Maslow's hierarchy hasn't been revoked, but the ways we go about ascending it have changed dramatically. Not only that, but the tenor of human interaction changes with each technological advance. No generation is monolithic, but the ill-named millennial generation is even less unified than its earlier counterparts. This is a confounding development. Even as digital communication unifies people around the world without regard to time and space, the first generation to grow up digital has splintered. The reasons are many. One is the hastened cycle of digital advancement. The habits and choices of a digital native are as varied as the digital world itself. We can't expect the social actions of people who grew up with desk-bound computers to be the same as those who have always had the internet in the palm of their hand. Digital natives speak profoundly different digital dialects. Academics who study this will never be out of work, because the behavioural economy research they do today will be behavioural archaeology tomorrow. But there are other factors as well. As you'll read... The growing ability to address ever-smaller niches means that niche interest is becoming a form of social currency. Brands, media, and others of us in the mass-reach world, the eyeball business, have raced to stay ahead of these changes. Or rather, we have raced to catch up with these changes. We were caught napping by digital. When we woke up, we thrashed about. Doing disastrously obtuse things, not realising that we no longer make the rules, the community does. But it's an open question whether we'll ever really be able to catch up. The real digital natives don't need the old ways anymore. We keep trying to put the pony back into the barn, but the digital natives would rather burn the barn to the ground than let anyone near the pony. The fundamental liberating quality of digital is that, to paraphrase Nicholas Negroponte in being digital, things that used to be atoms can now be bits. That enables everyone to create and co-create a multiverse of environments as the circumstances permit. The soap bubbles, in other words and yet those in the eyeball business continue to act as if the basic social contract governing human interactions remains the same, that just the platforms and speed have changed. Brands, advertisers, and media, what Washington Post digital reporter and digital newsletter writer Caitlin Dewey calls the olds, are so clueless about the social rules in this world that we run the risk of being outcasts. It's as if there is a party going on, and we're in the corner shouting. When people glance at the distraction, we call that reach. When they throw drinks in our faces, we call that engagement. At the same time, there are others seamlessly gliding around the room, gathering groups of people together who are passionate about hearing from the person in the centre. They are conducting an ongoing conversation with the object of their attention – and they're chatting like mad with each other about what's taking place in front of them. It's like a circular lecture hall in which the professor encourages the students to call out and talk among themselves, a non hierarchical seminar that runs smoothly because unspoken but generally accepted group dynamics and norms are passed on implicitly. We advertising and marketing generalists think we can build our own groups based on our commercial desires, but they rarely catch on, so we try to co-opt the lecturers, and all we end up doing is furnishing their lecture halls, not connecting with their students. Those of us in the eyeball business need to pause and analyse the text of the contract that has been proposed and agreed upon by those who matter. We need to find out what it says, and we need to follow it. We also need to acknowledge that we may be too late. No one saved a seat at the table for the eyeball business folks. We are now left to barge in on a seminar that is already going swimmingly. To understand this new social contract, We must look to those who drafted it, and no community has been more influential in this digital constitutional convention than digital creators and their fans, especially a powerful subset called superfans. Ah, the superfans. They are but a scant 20% of the total enthusiasts, but they drive 80% of the commerce, engagement, conversation... And everything else. This is the new Pareto principle, and we need to articulate its codicils. They are both the keepers and publishers of the social contract, alongside the creators. This is an ecosystem that follows Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, only modified like this You can't know the social structures of the superfans without knowing the creator. Nor can you know the creators without understanding the superfans. They are interdependent, and you can't know either unless you know from where they hail.